welcome everybody to another great episode of the Beyond Normal podcast. The guest we're going to be having with us today, I'm excited to have him on. I've been trying to get him on for a while. AJ Yon, he is the founder of Bite Check, who's doing amazing things in the compliance space. Uh, the model is to make compliance suck less. I'm a sales guy. Uh, compliance has scared me in the past, so I'm excited to have somebody on in the space who's trying to make it uh, make compliance suck less for us all. So w- without further ado, I want to bring AJ to the stage. How's it going, AJ? Going well, going well, Kenny. How are you? Can't complain. Uh, hope you're having a great day where you're at right now. Um, I want to hop right into things and let folks know a little bit about your story prior to you being a founder. Set the stage for us leading up to you now owning a successful uh, company and brand in Check. Yeah, yeah. And I appreciate you having me on and, and being able to tell my story. I always enjoy doing this. I'm glad that our schedules finally worked out after all of the, the back and forth um, with my crazy schedule nowadays. But um, I, uh, I've been in the cybersecurity industry for a little bit over a decade now. I started my career in the U.S. Army, did six years on active duty in the Army as an officer, a few deployments, was doing some cyber stuff there in the Army, ended up earning the rank of captain, uh, and then got out of the Army and, and went and worked at a pretty large consulting firm where I helped grow a team from about nine of us to well over 130. And we were doing SOC 2 compliance, ISO compliance, HIPAA compliance, the full alphabet soup there of compliance frameworks we were doing. And while there, you know, typical entrepreneur story, I realized that uh, this was a big problem. Compliance sucked for a lot of people for a variety of reasons. And one of them was it just took way too much time, cost way too much money. And I thought we could bring technology to solve the problem. So I decided to go out and start building this company in the middle of a global pandemic. And uh, it's been going well so far. I appreciate that breakdown there. A lot to dig into. So you, you, you taking on the challenge of compliance that's the first thing I want to know from your perspective, what have you seen about compliance that uh, puts the fear in people nowadays? Yeah, I think people think audit and it's like, oh, somebody's going to try to catch me doing something wrong. Somebody's going to try to like get me and and make get me in trouble, uh, I think is the first thing. I think uh, the other reason, especially in the cybersecurity space, is compliance has traditionally been like a check the box exercise. People are Um, auditors at least are typically not that technical. So they're coming in asking really silly manual questions, things that don't make sense from a security or technical perspective. So most of the technical people I know kind of just tune out compliance. They're like, oh, whatever, man. Like, I'm just going to do whatever I can to get rid of this problem instead of actually doing something that's going to focus on on security. Uh, And I think that has turned people off. They they hear compliance. They're like, oh, here comes some auditor who's going to be in a suit and tie and asking me these weird questions, spending hours with me in a conference room and trying to catch me doing something. They feel like it's like a, a, an interrogation. And it's not, you know, that's the, that's the kind of the rub with it in, in cybersecurity is it's not like that. It's really just about validating that you're doing the right things that you say that you're doing. Um, and I think that's why like people tense up because they hear, you know, audits are scary. People think they're going to get in trouble or think something's going to happen that's going to be wrong. Um, and we're taking a different approach, you know, our, even from our slogan to make compliance suck less is to really eliminate a lot of that fear associated with it and make people a little bit more calm um, and come into it with a real collaborative mindset that, you know, we're just trying to make sure you're doing the right stuff um, and make it easier for you to prove that. Thanks for that breakdown there, AJ. Again, uh, my experience, like you said, you just really 
bottled it up for me. That's really how I feel. Like somebody's over my shoulder. Right. Yeah. But it makes sense that we're at a point now where technology can really make that easier uh, for folks. And I'm glad to have you taking the helm and, and, and figuring out what that looks like for us moving forward. Um, you said something else in your initial uh, intro about building a team out up to 30, 30 plus people. And so it sounded like in your career, things were going great. Right. But now uh, you, you decide during the pandemic that you want to take a gamble on yourself is what I like to call it and start your own business. Like, what was your thinking behind now being the right time for you to, to, to wear that founder, that, that founder crown uh, that everybody's looking to uh, put on sometime? Yeah. And I think the first piece of advice I'll give because of what you just said is a lot of people are trying to put that founder hat on. And and while it's it's glamorized, uh, this stuff is really hard, man. And like you, you got to understand going into that. And one of the things that gave me the confidence to do this is I actually knew what I was doing. I, I had a lot of domain expertise in compliance. I did over 500 SOC 2 examinations while I was there. I did it for some of the largest cloud providers that exist, some startups that you probably have never heard of. And even to some of the biggest startups that exist now, I did their first ever SOC 2. Uh, I was their first ever kind of readiness process on a lot of these big companies. So I really understood the problem. And there is no way in hell I'd be able to do this and have the little success that we've had so far without that experience. Um, definitely 100% encourage anybody putting that founder hat on. Know the problem you're solving. Know it well. Don't just try to start something because it's cool because you will fail um, if you don't understand what's going on. Uh, the other thing for me, man, like I, I was like most people, most especially minority, you know, black kids that are growing, like I just wanted a really big check. I, I was growing and I was, at, I was at this company. I got out of the army and I heard about all the money you can make in tech. And I was like, I'm just trying to make a lot of money. I ended up doing that. I ended up making a good amount of money. I was making $250,000 a year, doing very well. And I realized it didn't actually mean anything. Uh, it actually didn't fulfill me. It didn't make me happier. I was buying all the shoes. I was sending family money, doing all the traveling. But it didn't change anything like concrete in my life. It didn't make it any different. And I realized that for me to have a purpose and for me to really feel fulfilled, I needed to do something bigger than myself. It had to be more than just what was in my bank account. It had to be about what impact was I leaving on this world. And that's when I'm at my best. That's when I feel my best is when I'm doing something beyond myself. It's why I love the army because it was selfless service. It was me sacrificing, you know, some of the other things that I had in my life, especially when you're deployed for the country, for other people that live here. And I wanted the same feeling. And I didn't have that despite the success I had, despite all of the accolades and the promotions, I did not feel that fulfillment. And I knew I wasn't going back to the army. So the only way that I was going to get that feeling was starting a company and being able to build something and help grow something from nothing into, you know, a, a company now of over 20 people here that are, um, you know, changing their lives as well. And, and that's what it was about for me. It's Robert Smith, this, uh, the richest black man in America. He, he runs Vista Equity Partners, he's, um, created BET. He always, he has a quote out there that says, every founder should have a second purpose. It, there should be something else that you're doing this for beyond the capitalistic gang because there are easier ways to make money. There are a lot easier ways to make money than, than being a founder. And my second purpose has always been leaving an impact and inspiring the next generation of Black entrepreneurs. I take it very serious that I'm in a position that not a lot of Black men find themselves in, um, being a VC-backed founder of a, of a startup. And I don't want that to be the case 20 years from now. When my son is, you know, 23, 24 years old, I want there to be black founders everywhere. And I'm, I take it very seriously that that's my role. That's, that's my position in life is 
not necessarily to become a millionaire. I'm pretty confident in my personal outcome of how this is going to work. So my goal now is how do I make 20 millionaires? How do I make 20 more people millionaires and help them change the trajectory of their lives and their families' lives? Woo! Nuggets, <laughs> AJ. Nuggets. Like you, you really being transparent. Um, you know the whole uh, the whole time I've seen your presence on social media. That transparency, like you said, you were pretty good. Like other other people, majority of people say, "Hey, I'm making a, a couple hundred grand a year." Like, you know, why do more? <laughs> right. But like you said, there's got to be a purpose right behind the things you're doing outside of the money. And I think even in our current times, um, the value of money is really kind of distorted yeah. in a way right now. Right. It's like they're printing money. The government's printing money willy nilly. You see people out here kind of uh, getting rich rather quickly. And so our perception of money is is shifting. And I can only imagine for the generations that are coming up after us what their mindset is going to be on money. So it, it's very uh, interesting and great to see you saying, hey, like, how do I like what's my impact after I get mine? Like, who else am I bringing up with me? And that mentality of let me see if I can make some other millionaires. That's powerful. That's real powerful to have. That's a real powerful mindset to have. AJ. Yeah, bro. It has to be. I think. um it just has to be about more than you. Like you're not like, I think we are all put on this earth to help each other. Every, everything is connected. You know, there's a saying that you don't step, you can't step in the same pond twice uh, because as soon as you step into that pond, once you've changed it, you, you change the water and everything starts to move. You throw a rock in a pond. Now it starts moving. I feel like that's in the world. Like, you know, what I'm doing at bite check, I hope is the spark for so many other things because all you know one thing that's consistent is we all are going to die at some point um we all are going to leave this earth and your goal should be while you're here is how do i inspire others how do i leave this world a better place than the way i found it and as a black man in america i know how hard it is to be a black man i know how hard it is to uh, just exist and if and if i can help others um, go beyond existing, feel that that sense of purpose. And and really, you know, one of the things that I enjoy about this journey is I truly wake up every day feeling like I'm living out my purpose, feeling like I'm doing exactly what I was put on this earth to do. And that's just a beautiful feeling that I want more and more people to have. And, and, it, and it keeps me going. You know, this stuff, like I said, is very, very difficult. Um, this is a hard journey. But it gets easier when you really know why you're doing it, why you why you're why you're doing the grind, why you're working seven days a week because of all of the things that I want to accomplish, not just for my kids. I tell people all the time, like I got I got a junior. My son is named Alexander Joshua Yon Jr. I'm building bike check and everything that we're doing here for Alexander Joshua Yon the fourth. Um, his son's son. Um, I'm trying to build for the next future generations that when I'm long and gone and it's the same way for the people that I'm hopefully impacting that. It's not just about me while I'm here on this earth. It's about a long-term legacy that hopefully changes things. You know, it's not going to change, maybe not change the world, but we're going to change a few people's lives that then go out and change the world. Dropping gems, AJ. Keep it going. I appreciate you doing this on our platform. As you were talking there about your uh, about your junior, um, I can actually think the very first episode of the Beyond Normal podcast, um, I had a young lady uh, by the name of Dominique Boone. Uh, she's got a laundry service here in the Charlotte area. I'm based in Charlotte called Leslie's Laundry Care. She named the business after her daughter, right? So she could always have that top of mind. And so That's as dope. you were explaining that around like, 
all right, my I got a junior. Like, what about the third? What about the fourth? What about the fifth? Right, person that's going to be carrying on that legacy. It took me back to that very that very first moment for our podcast, right? And uh, that's just like that's one of those moments. I think people say it's serendipitous, right? Yeah. Like it's just one of those moments, uh, one of those things to keep top of mind at all time. Thinking about that that next generation to uh, to come after us because I'm kind of scared for them. Like to, 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 to a lot of the things that you're saying, like, I'm worried. I want to make sure that they have more access than us yeah. uh, moving forward. And so uh, I want to build a, again on something that you said. I'm not sure if the listeners um, caught it around being a black male in this space where you, you, you're, you, you're a founder of a company and you're trying to build out. Um, I know a path that you, you've looked into is taking on investor capital. I actually want to read a tweet, if it's okay from you. Uh, when you go into AJ's uh, Twitter profile, the first thing that he says is, um, I raised $3 million from majority black investors. Key there. That's really key. I'm going to keep going, though. We got us. This is the evolution. We help each other get jobs. We help each other build companies. We support each other. We build each other up, and we write the check. Right. Writing the check is that piece at the end and then saying you how much you actually uh, got from different black majority black investors. Those are really key for me. So I'm curious, like, how do you how do you bring yourself into these discussions when it comes to you going to investors and asking for money? Like, how do you bring in your whole self and, uh, you know, have your swag that we all know that we carry as black people? Like, tell us a little bit about how that interaction is going with you going to investors. And uh, how you make sure, because you're an individual I know, you make sure that you're being yourself throughout this whole process. Yeah, for me, it kind of was like a learned thing through the process, because when I first started out, I was just like talking to all the VCs that I could talk to. And and then I realized that in a lot of these meetings, uh, I was having to defend who I was. I was having to defend myself, my background, the fact that I'm black. I had to defend a lot of this and I wasn't getting to talk about the business. I wasn't getting to talk about the thing that I was building that I thought was a really cool platform and we're solving a really important problem. And then when I started to interact with more black investors, I realized they don't care that I'm black. They actually understand and appreciate that I'm black because they know what I went through. And that just made the conversations go so much, so much better. And there's a VC that I follow and um, have done some cool stuff with. Her name's Arlen Hamilton. She's the uh, founder of Backstage Capital and then also now the founder of a software company called Hire Runner. And she always talks about being your true self because the people who are supposed to find you will find you when you're being yourself. And I made a decision that, you know what, if we don't end up closing this round of funding, it's not, it's, it, it, it's fine, but I'm going to go out on being me. I'm going to go out with the fact that I was my authentic self because at the seed stage, at the stage of the company that we were at when we raised that round, it's not a lot about your metrics. It's not about how much revenue you have, customers, or the product. It's really investors are betting on the founder. They're betting that the founder is the one to figure this thing out and can build a big company. And I wasn't going to pretend that I was anybody but myself um, in these meetings because I know they were betting on me. They're, 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 they're giving a lot of money to to me to go out and build this company. So I want to make sure they know exactly what they were buying into, exactly who they were buying into. Uh, and you know that's me being transparent about the struggles of being a black man in tech, um, the benefits of being a black man in tech. I think a lot of people always talk about struggles, but there's actually a lot of benefits of being black in tech that, that we should talk about. 
Um, and then also like, you know, the, the transparency I've talked about with mental health and, and um, highlighting the fact that this journey is really hard. And I found that the more investors I talked to and the more authentic I was, the more they appreciated it. Uh, because at the end of the day, these are people. Uh, yes, they have millions of dollars that they're invested in companies, but they're humans um, and humans connect with humans, not robots. And I know I wasn't going to pretend that I was anybody um, but myself because I, you know, I don't know how to be anybody but me. Um, and, and, and I love being me. So I was going to continue to do it regardless of, of what I was doing. And the other kind of aspect, similar theme of Bite Check is uh, I knew there was a second purpose of raising from black investors that invest in black people is that if Bite Check does what I think it does, which is become a billion dollar company, all of these investors, they made a ton of money off of their investment. And guess what they're going to go do with that money? They're going to go reinvest it in more black founders. Uh, so we are continuing this ecosystem to show people to going back to that tweet. We got us like if you're a black founder out there, you can raise significant rounds from black investors that are leading big VC firms or, or black angels as well that you don't have to go out and try to find a seat at a table that wasn't built for you. Like, no, we we have enough people that have already built our own table in this space, in the startup and VC space. And you can just come over there and don't have to deal with the BS that goes into raising capital as a black founder. And that's that's one of the things that motivates me a lot with the company as well, is I want to make sure I give all of these investors that are the black led investors, even you know the people that are not black that invested in a black man, I want them to make a lot of money out of this so that they can go deploy more capital into more black founders, more underrepresented founders, because that's what we need. Like uh, it, it's not a lot of black founders got a lot of mentorship. They get a lot of guidance. They get a lot of advisory, but no one's writing checks to them. So we got to get people to actually write checks and get them more money so they can write more checks for future founders as well. I got chills. <laughs> I got chills, AJ. I don't know if you're trying to pitch me there. <laughs> but I feel like I need to just like like how much do do I need to give you like right now and like I just like these moments like again I started this uh, Beyond Normal podcast really like I looked at it as like all right this is a soapbox right we want to we want to be able to stand on these boxes and tell our stories and really that ask of people um you're being very deliberate of what your ask is of people in terms of like being passionate about it like like. There's, there's skin in the game. There's always going to be money involved. But then that other piece um, that you just spoke to now, there's no reason. I see why you got $3 million, right? Uh, invested mostly by Black investors into your business. And so that's awesome to hear. And again, appreciate you for dropping those gems. Um, a, a, another gem moment uh, of, of the many that you've already dropped. So as you're building out your team now you, you you touched on passion a lot uh, a few times and so i'm curious like what are you looking for in the people uh that you're hiring now at bite check um you know as they look to join your team i know your team is growing for sure yeah for me it's um a big piece a humongous piece of it is is are you a uh, not a culture fit because we don't do culture fits i think culture fit when people say are you a culture fit i feel like that's like uh, asking them, like, if you want to be in a frat, and it's like, do you do you fit who we are? Do you look like the way we are? And it's like, no, nah, that's not what we're talking about. It's a culture ad. Like, are you going to come in here and are you going to add to the culture we're building, which is a culture where people truly enjoy coming to work, a culture where people can be their authentic selves? Uh, and, and, and yes, we work hard. Yes, we are doing some really important stuff. But one of our core values is we don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, and that starts with me at the top where like I know 
what I'm doing is really important. This is a software company that's building something special, but we're not getting shot at. We're living, we sleep at home every night. Um, we we all, you know, everyone at the company is making decent money uh, from a perspective of like what others out there may be making. So we don't have to act like this is life or death. And I don't think work should be treated as life or death. So a lot of what I look for, um, aside from the skills for whatever position we're hiring, is are you someone that a part of our team that's going to be a good member of the team? Uh, are you going to be someone that I want to be in the trenches with? Because this stuff is hard. It's, it's a lot of work. We're solving some really important problems. It's software company, so things break all the time. We're early stage, so stuff is chaotic, man. Like I, I hire people all the time, and I tell them, like, hey, on day one, I'm probably going to ask you to do something, and then by day three, I'm going to say do something else. And you got to be able to handle that and be able to adjust and move. And like I, I, I look for those type of skills of that flexibility um, and being able to handle the the, the ups and downs of a startup and, and do it with a perspective, with a good perspective in your mindset. And that's a big thing we look for is just that culture piece, because at the end of the day, I think you can teach people anything, um, especially people in this field, like in, in the tech field, people learn stuff all the time. And in cybersecurity, particularly, you have to consistently learn things like you have to consistently be up to date on all the things. So like, I don't really care how much you know coming into this thing, unless you're like, you know, senior role. It's more about like, do you have the tenacity to handle the ups and downs? Do you have the skill sets to go out and learn new information and come back? Um, and then can you execute? I, every person we hire, I have to trust on day one um, because I can't do everything at this point. Um, I cannot continue to do anything. So if I'm hiring someone, another one of our core values is to be courageous. And it's and I tell people, hey, take chances. If don't don't wait for me to respond on Slack to a message because I'm chances are I'm doing ten other things. I'm not going to be able to respond for a while. Just go do it, and if it, if you mess up, we'll live with the results, and we'll fix it, and come back a little bit later, and you try again. Um, so I hire we hire people that are not scared to take those chances, that are willing to execute and have some showed experience, not just in cybersecurity, just in their life of executing and being able to get stuff done. And um, that's a that's a big thing for me as well. And uh, it's it's really cool to hire people. You know, it's 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 been a fun part of the job right now of being able to to to, to pull people into this community, bring them, you know, kind of behind the fold and watch them grow and watch them uh, kind of change their lives and and succeed. And it's and it's great because I feel like I'm building the company I always wanted to work at. Uh, I'm building the company where I truly enjoy what I do, and I think the people that are here truly enjoy what they do as well, which is just like a it's 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 humbling and a great experience. I appreciate that. Um, it is actually kind of funny to me uh, that startups um, have like job wrecks and things like that because, like, <laughs> like, usually, like day one, your your CEO or some executive is going to give you something. You're going to be like, "This is not what I signed up for," but you signed up to be a part of a startup, so that's what you signed up for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it's just very interesting to see uh, companies specifically startups that actually focus on job recs a lot of time. I, I appreciate you just being being honest and saying, look, you're just, you, you just want an individual who's going to come in and, and have that will to figure it out. And in the sales world, we always call that skill versus will. Yeah, um, It's good to have the skill, right? But if you have the will where there's a will, there's a way. So I'm curious, like you said, your company is at a scale now. You can't do everything. Right. And so uh, I always ask founders, it's like, what's that one area of the business where you feel like you have to spend a little bit more time? That's maybe more of an opportunity area that, you know, is not, quote unquote, your strength. Um, 
Like, can you give us a, like one of those areas in the business where you know you got to focus a little bit more? Because it may not be something you have the experience doing or it just may not be something, you know, you, you've done in the past. Yeah, I think um, it evolves uh, as the company evolves, what those focus areas are. And um, the way that I kind of thought about it from the beginning is like, I'm not good at any of this stuff. <laughs> I don't know how to do any of the things that I'm doing, but I'm going to at least I'm going to try and I'm going to go for it and I'm going to see what happens. and I'm going to put the effort in to learn. Um, so in the early days, it was figuring out how do we get the word out about Bite Check without having a huge marketing budget without being able to spend a ton of money. And it, and it was content marketing. I went out and got a content marketing cert from HubSpot. And that's something I do. If I don't know something, I don't spend hours trying to read every article on it and like putting the picture together. I just go take a course. So let me just go take a course and just do whatever that course says, because chances are they know a lot more than what I'll come up with in these hours of research. Um, and then now, I think right now where I'm spending a ton of time is just on sales. And I feel like every early stage founder should, you know, it should be founder led sales in the early days. Uh, you should be doing a lot of sales. You should be talking to customers, getting feedback, understanding what those pain points are. So you can really speak to the problem and build a, a good product. So I spent a ton of time on sales. The, and, and I think it's one of those things where like, I never was an actual sales professional, but I think I'm pretty good at it. Uh, I, I think sales and, and really everything comes down to storytelling. And, and are you able to tell the story to convince people that, you know, you're the right one for them to, to do business with? Um, there are aspects of this journey that I do not like at all, uh, that I don't like doing. Accounting is terrible. The legal side is, is also very bad and takes up a lot of my time. It makes my head hurt. But it's one of those things that you just like, you got to do. Um, there's, there's every job, you're going to have things that you don't like doing, but you got to do it. And uh, those are those are two things that kind of become time sucks at time uh, where I'm spending, a, you know, I spend a ton of time doing accounting stuff or legal stuff. And um, that's not what I started a cybersecurity business for <laughs> to do legal and finance stuff. But uh, it comes with the gig. Um, and I would I will say that I've learned so much over these last two years. There's there's really no school that could have taught me what I've learned from a business perspective than what I've learned over these last few years. And that includes the accounting and legal stuff that I don't like. But now I have all of these skills that who knows if I would have ever got them, if I would have ever seen these things, if I would have been looking detailed at balance sheets and, and trying to figure stuff out. Uh, so um, I take everything with a, a grateful attitude of, you know, just I am extremely grateful that I get the opportunity to do some legal stuff that I got to sit through and read through these documents for that we had to put together for our investors because um, five years ago, there's no way in hell you'd tell me that I was going to be on this journey. And I believe you, I would have been like, you're crazy. Like there's no, no chance. So um, I, even the stuff I don't like, I, I take it with some gratitude and I'm an entrepreneur. So I'm naturally pretty, pretty confident. I don't think there's anything that I do at bite check that one that I actually know what I'm doing, but I also think I'm good at it all. <laughs> I also think I can figure it all out and I have the skills uh, to figure it out. And now I've built a team of people that are way smarter than me that actually know what they're doing um, and they're able to take it to another level. Um, but I'm pretty confident in myself that I can figure stuff out. That's what this entrepreneurship journey has taught me is like literally anything is possible um, because this was not in the cards for me to do at, at all. Yeah, that's 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 dope there that you're willing to wear the hats again. That goes to, back to the will that you were saying before in terms of the people you're looking to add onto your team. You got to have the will to figure it out. Like it could be Googling. It could be, uh, you know, taking a course, like whatever you need to do. 
to figure it out, like just get it done. Like, and then you're the you're the founder, you're the CEO. Like, who's gonna listen to you complain? Right. <laughs> like, there's nobody else you can turn to and be like, hey, can you help me with this? Like, you can't look up. Like, where you're not looking up. And so yep. yeah, that's another perk of being the founder. Um, yeah, it's a, in a lot of cases, right? It's a perk, but it, you know that's one of the things that I think a lot of people that are going on this journey don't realize is how lonely it is. You you always hear like it's lonely at the top, and I don't think it's like from a perspective of like I'm this oracle, so nobody can sit on the chairs that I sit on. It's just to your point, like when you when you're going through something and you're like this sucks, like you look to your left and your right, and you're like, I guess I got to do it. I got no one to, to complain about. And and one of the things that happens as you grow your team is your team brings you all the problems they can't solve. So you're getting the worst of the worst problems all day. Everybody's bringing you these bad problems and that can start to weigh on you if you don't realize it. Like, oh, like I'm the one that solves the problems for them. I help them solve these problems. So they're, if they're bringing me something, it's because they can't fix it. There, there's yep. something going on and, and, it, and it does weigh on you because you are kind of up there alone just trying to go through the trenches. But um that's why I do a lot of stuff to focus on my mental health and make sure that I'm taking care of myself because uh, it is a lonely journey. You look to your left and your right and it's like, I can't really say, man, this sucks. I don't want to do it because no one's going to make me do it, but I know I have to do it. Black male health is such a big thing right now. So I'm like, can you share with us a little bit like, like how you go about making sure that your mental um, is where you need it to be? Because you have a family as well, and then you have a business as well that you're growing. Like, talk a little bit about some of those things that you do, because um, now's um, um, a really important time to to focus on uh, black male health. Yeah, there's never been a better time. I think there's a lot of people that talk about mental health and mindfulness, and I, I think it's so dope because we need more men, especially black men, talking about this stuff because it's life is hard, man. You know, it's just it's just difficult. There's a lot going on. Being a father just being a human, uh, trying to get through the day. And um, on top of being in a global pandemic, uh, World War Three is on the horizon, the economy's trash. Like there's so much going on uh, that you have to do things. And, and for me, the reason why I'm so outspoken about mental health is because it took me becoming a founder to focus on my mental health. And I don't think anybody should have to start a company to focus on their mental health. Uh, and it started with me with meditation. It started with just taking some time in the morning before I started my day to sit there, listen to a guided meditation and, and, and be present in the moment. And from there, it's turned into just this full lifestyle of mindfulness at all times. Um, and it really just comes down to uh, I can only live in the present. Uh, the, the past does not exist uh, or the past is history. It's, it's already happened. I can't go back and change it. And the future does not exist. Um, the only thing that I actually can do is be here right now in this interview with you, whatever I'm going to do after this, I can't, I can't do that yet. I got to be right here. It's 2.20 here in Miami. That's all I can do is be here in this interview. Um, and, and mindfulness and meditation started there. Uh, some of the other things that I do, so, so I have a really strict morning routine that I follow to make sure that I start my day right. I think starting your day in a mindful manner, starting your day off, focused on yourself is so, so critical before you get into the the rat race of the day. So I wake up, I try to sweat immediately. I try to get a workout in, do whatever it can to just break a sweat. Because when you wake up, uh, cortisol, the, the fear hormone or the stress hormone in your body is at its highest. It kind of replenishes overnight. And when you wake up and you do a workout, 
and you start to sweat, you release cortisol. So you start to deplete that fear and that stress hormone, which allows you to go about your day a little bit better. That's why people feel better when they work out. You, you got rid of some fear and some stress when you did it. The next thing that I do is, is meditate. I, I spend a good amount of time doing some guided meditations or sometimes just like music and just listening to that and sitting there and breathing and doing some breathing meditations as well. Um, and the thing that I've learned about meditation that I want, if anybody's listening to this, they're like, you know what, I'm gonna give it a shot. This dude sounds like he has his life together. So I'm gonna try meditation out is don't ever think about I had a good meditation or a bad meditation. Like if you're sitting there trying to meditate and you're thinking about squirrels or you're thinking about your kids, don't worry, like just keep going, keep breathing, try to bring yourself back to the moment, but don't beat yourself up. The whole concept is you took time for yourself. If you took that five minutes, to sit there, listen to a guided meditation, that is five minutes you spent on you. And that's the whole point. It's not good or bad. There's no such thing as a good or bad meditation. You just meditated. And the mindset of being present, the mindset of saying, okay, I thought about that, but I'm back here, back focusing on my breathing, that translates to the rest of my day. Um, there's all times throughout the day where I'm really mindful and trying to stay present. And it's because I have that built-in meditation practice in, in, in my brain. And there's a ton of scientific benefits of meditation, of just taking a break. If anyone's not sold yet, here's one that I don't know if anybody, if people know, but like there's been studies about people that are like super meditators that have done like over 10,000 hours of meditating. They actually are smarter. <laughs> Their brain actually works better than people that don't meditate by being more mindful and being more present. And then the last thing I do is I read. I read something either, I read a lot of Stoic philosophy. Stoicism has been really key to my mental health, which Stoicism is all about, you just don't care about the things you don't control. If you can't control it, throw it out. Um, if you, you know, and that's everything throughout your day, just do not care about anything that you don't control. And when you shift that mindset, when you decide and you put every problem through the lens of, can I control this? Did it, and, and it's either yes or no, most of the time it's no, move on. Because there's no, there's literally nothing you can do other than just continuing to do the other stuff that you can actually control, which is generally your attitude, how you feel, um, the way that you treat other people. Those are all things that you can control. And the other thing I would say that I do that is very critical to my mental health is I take digital detoxes. I, I go through hours throughout my day where I don't touch my phone. I, 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 before I go to sleep, I don't touch my phone. I don't do anything on a digital. I try to break and take that space. And then when I wake up through that morning routine, I'm not looking at email, text, or anything. I tell my family, like, if something happens in the middle of the night, you're not going to hear from me till I get through that routine. I, I'm not an Avenger. I'm not Captain America. I'm not coming to save nobody. I got to protect myself before anybody else. Um, and, and I really am strict about that. I do not look at my phone before I start my day or before I go to sleep because you need to be with yourself. The, the phone kind of kicks things off. And there's a lot of science about the blue light and things like that, that I think we... When you start to detach yourself from your phone and live more in the real world, it makes you more present, makes you more happy and takes you away from always looking out at everybody else kind of living life. You're like that SpongeBob meme where Squidward is looking out and he sees Patrick and SpongeBob outside running. That's how most people are on social media. And you got to really step out and just go outside, like like go do something, spend time with your family. And that's what helps me a lot, man, It's just um doing those things. Uh, and I know I said lastly before, but I, one more point, because I, I, as you can tell, I'm really passionate about this stuff. And I think it's important that we talk about it is I don't hide when I'm not okay. If I'm depressed, if I'm anxious, if I'm sad, if I cry, I let people know because I am a human. Um, and men, you are human. You, you are allowed to have emotions. You are allowed to not feel good. 
you are allowed to be depressed and it's okay. It is okay to not be okay. And I want more people to know that. I want black men to know that I understand. Like it is okay that you're not okay. And take that time for yourself. Go to therapy. I go to therapy regularly. Um, do all the things to invest in your health and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with having challenges because life is hard. It's, it's very, very hard. And um, by acknowledging that, you don't try to hide this stuff no more. You don't try to push it to the side. You actually address those feelings and you feel so much better when you do. Woo. Oh, that was that was good, AJ. I'm sitting over here taking notes. <laughs> uh, the screen time for me, like uh, that's the big one. Like just kind of de- trying to disconnect. And it's not like I always go to it, but when I go to it, I'm just in it. Yeah. Like you said, you can't be present. Um, the idea of multitasking and things like that nowadays, you got to multitask to get stuff done. It's just it, the science has proved like it's not a productive way of living, right? Yep. <laughs> Juggling three, four, five things at a time. Um, and you touched on quite a bit there. Um, but that's a lot to, for, for our viewers, our listeners. Uh, some of them are founders, some people are on the fence about things. Like that's a lot to think about. But just taking one of those little tips right there will improve your balance. Yep. Um, and it's good to see you're doing meditation. I, I, I think I got to follow up with you to see how I can get started with that. Yeah, I can even, I'll send you some links of the way that I started meditation, some of the guided meditations that I've used to kick off my journey. And, and you can drop them in the show notes and whatnot for people that want to get started. I think there's a lot of um, stigma around meditation. They think like you're sitting there and you're humming and like floating crisscrossed applesauce. And it's not that, like it's truly just like being present breathing i kind of take it to if you laid down outside and you were looking at the clouds and you see the clouds moving left to right and they're just going by you're not going to sit there and try to say clouds stop and like try to reach up and grab the cloud and stop it when you're meditating those are your thoughts the clouds are your thoughts all the stuff you're thinking about so all you do is you just keep breathing and say i don't care that i just thought about my daughter or i just thought about what i gotta do later for work you just keep breathing and focusing and staying in the moment and you stop judging yourself You stop judging yourself for those thoughts. And that right there has been one of the keys to my success is I've transitioned from being my biggest critic to my biggest fan. And I don't judge myself for how I feel. I don't judge myself for if I if I feel like if I tried to accomplish something and it didn't work, like I am my biggest cheerleader. And it's because of meditation. It's because I've stopped judging myself during those 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is that I'm doing while I'm meditating. And that, again, like those skills, man, they just go into the rest of your life. And you don't even realize it. I didn't even realize it till recently. I'm like, man, like that was a mindfulness moment. That was me doing something mindful that wasn't even into meditation. So um, I'll share some resources. I think meditation is a game changer. It really has shifted the way that I think I can't go a day without meditating. Uh, I have to, it's like brushing my teeth. Like I have to meditate or I will, I will literally feel bad. Like I will feel sick and nauseous and not feel good. Wow. That's interesting. You got me over here thinking, AJ. <laughs> So I, I can't wait to get those resources from you. I'm definitely going to put them in the show notes. Uh, the folks listening in, this is exactly why I follow AJ on social media. Uh, he drops gems all the time. And he just spent 30 minutes with us um, dropping gems, a little over 30 minutes. Um, so in closing, um, tell folks a little bit about how they can stay connected with Bycheck, uh, the 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 social media channels they can they can check in with to see what the brand is doing um, and, and stay up to date. Yeah, definitely. I would say find us on Twitter at ByteCheck. Find us on LinkedIn, um, ByteCheck there as well. We actually just hired this really dope guy. His name's Jamar Gale. I'm about to make sure that he sees this, that I shouted him out. He's been 
grinding man to, to, to break in and do his thing. He's built a really cool community and now he's running all of our socials. And just this week, I was giving him a shout out. He's like two weeks in, I think, maybe a week and a half. I don't know how long he's just started and, and he's already exponentially grown all of our social medias. And that's a lesson any founders out there, give people a chance. Uh, and, and you're going to find out that the results are crazy. Uh, so yeah, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, you know, we have a lot of fun with our marketing. Uh, you'll see that we're educating, but we're also entertaining um, and making sure that people uh, are, you know, we, we our tagline is kind of funny, make compliance suck less, but it's everything is like that. Like we are just really an open, fun brand. And I think people will find um, following us and uh, in, uh, in entertaining accounts. Appreciate that, AJ. What's that last thing, you know, as we close out, you want the listeners to, to keep top of mind? Uh, I definitely want to hear this from you because you're all about being present in the moment. But like, what's that like? What's that that last nugget you want to leave us with before we close out? Yeah, 100 percent. It's uh, protect your mental health, no matter what you do in life, whether you're a founder, whether you're trying to do something cool in your career, just you have to protect you. There's nothing more important than what's up here between your eyes um, and focus on yourself and and build yourself up and um, uh, trust the work that you put in on you that it's going to impact others. Um, and then with that focus, uh, I think a lot of people try to do too much. To your point, Kenny, you were talking about multitasking. It's, it's a myth. It doesn't exist. And I tell somebody, anybody that's trying to do something very difficult, give yourself 90 days. And, and there's a method I use to accomplish anything really hard. It's called the 90-91 method. And what it is, is for 90 days, for the first 90 minutes of your day, focus on one thing. Don't go on Slack. Don't go on Twitter. Don't check your email. Don't have any other windows up. Whatever that thing is that you're trying to do, studying for a cert, building a product, learning a new programming language, whatever it may be, Focus on that for 90 days, the first 90 minutes of your day, that one thing. And I promise you, at the end of those 90 days, you are going to blow. It's going to blow your mind how much you've learned or how much you've accomplished by just locking in. Focus is a superpower. And I encourage anybody that's trying to do anything difficult, lock in, try that 90-91 method. And at all times, you know, protect your mentals. There's nothing more important than protecting your mental health. That's a mic drop moment. There isn't much else I can say besides thank you, AJ, for, for coming on the platform, sharing your story. I'm definitely going to be checking out for what Bite Check has, has coming along. Again, making compliance suck less. In my uh, career, this is, this is a company I wish I had at the very beginning of my career in sales. Uh, but AJ's got it going now, and uh, the, the company has the sky's the limit for the company. Uh, thanks again uh, for all the listeners tuning in. Um, for another great episode of the Beyond Normal Podcast.